Hi and welcome to the Msingi Talks podcast, a podcast hosted by Msingi Trust. This podcast ventures deeper into issues of faith, advocacy, activism, and makes connections between these worlds. Psalms 89.14 states that justice and righteousness are the foundation of God's throne. And here we unpack how the church as the body of Christ and institution can faithfully embody justice and righteousness in both word and deed. Karibuni and let's do justice. Singi family, I'm very honored and excited uh, to have this next guest for our conversation. I am hosting the legendary uh, uh, Ruben Kigame, and I think, uh, Ruben, I don't know what name to call you because culturally, I think I am not supposed to call you by your first name. Can, yes, can I, as a good African girl, I think just yes. call me Papa. I'm fine with that. Okay, I'll call you Papa. So thank you uh, for, for coming and honoring this invitation. For many who do not know or who are first listeners to the Singi Talks podcast, this is a podcast that seeks to connect the worlds of faith, social justice, activism, and advocacy. And um, I... Sometimes I am in awe of some of the guests that I have, that I get the opportunity to host. And today's uh, is one of those days. Uh, Papa Ruben, uh, please introduce uh, yourself to those who might not know you. Okay, Carol, uh, thank you for the opportunity to be on the show. My name is Ruben Kigame and uh, I wear many hats. Some of the hats people know, some they don't know. Um, A lot of people know me as a musician. And yes, I do music uh, production and, uh, uh, you know, performance as well as ministry. And um, I have been in that for the longest uh, time uh, imaginable. I recorded my first album back in 1987. Uh, I was um, a first year at uh, Kenyatta University at that time. And uh, as of 2019, I was doing my 29th album. And uh, so it's been quite a journey um, of using music um, to worship my God, to express myself, to speak to society, and uh, certainly to contribute to the transformational agenda as a Christian. Now, I also wear the the hat of um, a teacher. I am a trained teacher. My first degree is in education, uh, concentration, history, philosophy, and religious studies out of Kenyatta University, uh, where I went screaming and kicking because um, I did not want to be a teacher initially. I wanted to be a lawyer but missed it by a couple of points um, to, to qualify. And so I went um, pretty much struggling, you know, to, to fit into the education um, world. But as God would have it, I ended up uh, uh, being a, a teacher for some time in high school. And currently I also teach um, uh, apologetics 
at Africa International University, where I'm also doing my PhD um, in theology, concentrating on world Christianity. Now, that's a bit of a, um, a juggle there, because uh, my middle degree is actually in journalism and media studies. I have an MSc out of Moy University in journalism and media studies, and uh, that introduces my third um, uh, my third hat that I wear, and that is broadcasting. I have been uh, on and off um, the broadcast world from uh, the late 90s, although I could tell you more about how that steps back in time to when my father bought our first transistor radio uh, when I was only 10. And so um, broadcasting has been uh, a passion of mine to the extent that uh, in the year 2000, I actually applied for a broadcast license in Kenya. And as things were uh, at that time in the Moi era, it took so long to get a license. I finally got licensed in 2005. That's about six years later. I then ran a radio station for about nine years. Uh, we called it Fish FM. And, um, you know, that was um, a, a buildup because... Um, uh, in the same year, 2000, I worked briefly with um, uh, Radio Citizen uh, when they were still setting up. And then I was called to work for Family FM. I worked with them for one year. And uh, I was part also after Family FM of the group that uh, helped put together uh, Biblia Husema uh, Broadcasting BHB, as well as um, later on its sequel, uh, Truth FM. Um, I had a short stint at Kameme, uh, you know, volunteering um, in the in-betweens, uh, but um, most people would remember me for my days at Hope FM. I was part of the team that set up uh, Hope FM, that is uh, um, the media wing of uh, CITAM, uh, Christ is the Answer Ministries uh, Nairobi. That was before I set up Fish FM and ran for, five, for nine years before shutting down in 2016 to concentrate on uh, uh, research and writing uh, as well as a, a lot more education. I, I uh, hope that in my senior years, um, I will be able to contribute a bit more to research and uh, teaching. Now, I also wear the hat of... Uh, a full-time father and husband. I am uh, <laughs> a father of four, uh, yeah. three daughters and um, a son. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the daughters are from my first marriage. Um, my wife, uh, Mercy, went to be with the Lord in uh, the year 2006 uh, mm -hmm. out of a road accident. Uh, and um, so I remarried and it's um, in the second marriage that uh, I have an 11 year old son now. Mm -hmm. And so I have four children of my own, but I have very many that are not of my own uh, yeah. that um, I, I look after and or mentor. Um, my passion is the boy child uh, mm -hmm. because uh, he is an endangered species. And mm -hmm. so I concentrate on one-on-one um, uh, -on -one mentorship by having uh, several boys live with me and my family uh, and so I teach them life skills and uh, what I call uh, turning them from boys to men. Uh, 
preparing them to be future husbands and uh, leaders and so on and so forth. Uh, that's a passion on my, of mine on the side. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, of course, I, I believe that I perform my role as a husband as, uh, as uh, accurately and devotedly as I could. Um, yeah. I don't always succeed, but uh, I think uh, having married for the first time in uh, 1991 and uh, mm -hmm. still being married today, I guess marriage actually does work. Uh, it's been about 30 years of uh, a combined uh, two marriages. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I'm an African, yes, but I'm not a polygamist. I need to qualify that. Uh, yeah. I don't believe in it. So yeah. we can talk about that. Now, the last hat is the one that uh, a lot of people don't know much about. And that is uh, the hat of uh, a social activist and politician of sorts. Mm -hmm. um, ever since, I think I was... Uh, 15 or 16. I was yeah. 16, I must say. Um, and uh, I read the biography of Martin Luther, the reformer. Mm -hmm. And um, I can still remember sitting outside uh, my parents' house in uh, Bunyore in Vihiga County yeah. and uh, running my fingers uh, across that braille copy of that biography. And I can Feel, feel the dots in, in, you know, inside my head. Mm. And that book, it was called Luther the Reformer. It's really influenced my um, entry into activism, albeit from a religious perspective, mm -hmm. but uh, Martin Luther blew my mind. How yeah. he was able to defend, um, you know, scriptural truth, in an age of, uh, um, you know, heretical departures uh, and uh, inclusions into Christianity of traditions and things that uh, uh, were not originally, um, you know, thought about by Christ. So that really shook me into, oh, this is my kind of guy. Yeah. And, and I could feel an affinity with him. And not only did he inspire me uh, to be able to speak uh, when something is wrong uh, and engage meaningfully, but he inspired me to study. So, mm -hmm. that, so that twin combination yeah. of uh, knowledge and truth, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I have learned something recently that is equally important, wisdom, uh, to yeah. be able to then employ wisdom in engaging uh, power, especially uh, that in, in and of itself, I attribute to, uh, Martin Luther. And later on, when I even read the works and, you know, especially listened to the speeches of um, the one who took his name, Martin Luther King Jr., um, I ended up very much more inspired because uh, uh, the latter was now um, Black, like me, and uh, against all odds fought a system that had uh, pretty much uh, uh, reduced the Black man to what the British had reduced us in Kenya to be. Mm -hmm. And so that inspired me a great deal. Of course, I took to liking Mandela very early uh, yeah. through my history classes and so on. And finally, when I got to university, it was all very robust. I could, uh, uh, there was a lot more 
um, resources and uh, uh, discussions on uh, uh, South Africa and apartheid. And I really loved African history. And so it's no wonder that Africa is my passion today. So Mandela inspired me to be able to stand and perhaps even suffer for, mm -hmm. um, for a, a cause, you know. Um, his, uh, his time at Robben Island is always for me like uh, a, sim a symbol of uh, how it ought to be done if we must get to, um, you know, suffering for truth. And mm. um, uh, when I read uh, uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs, of course, you can imagine I, I naturally related to it. I mean, these are people who stood against uh, governments and systems uh, in order to uh, stay their faith in Christ. Mm. Uh, so uh, just some of those uh, early um, influences on my life. Now, musically speaking, um, it then catapulted me to uh, writing a song. My very first uh, activist song was back in 1987. Um, and um, we, we had just um, watched Cry Freedom uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and this really uh, shook me. The movie shook me real hard. Um, and so I wrote a song called Give Them uh, Freedom. You know, I, I didn't bring my guitar, but uh, it would be something like it. Down the streets, you see the blood, a sign of genocide, petrol bombs and one shot dead. There's pain on every side. You know, mm. children crying, men in prison, seeking to be free. Yeah, uh, and and I was crying out. I have not heard that song. I'd really love to. No, what happened? Crying. What happened, yes. um, Carol, is um, because uh, Moy's regime was very repressive on such material. Um, and uh, I was going to be lumped um, uh, with those that were clandestine and uh, they used to call them Mwakenya those days. Um, so although I had included it on my first album, I then pulled it out because um, I didn't want to go to jail at that time um, and I needed to finish my studies. So I released the album without the song. Okay. That didn't kill my, it did not kill my activism because uh, um, through writing and through reading um, and speaking out where I could as a student, uh, my voice was still heard. And that went all the way into like term papers and, and class projects that um, I took up at the university. Um, th there's something I, I put on, uh, on um, my uh, YouTube channel, uh, that's Ruben Kigamech TV. Um, and, and my team titled it, uh, Has Ruben Kigame Lost His Musical Anointing? And uh, they wanted to be provocative um, so that people can get to look at the content. Mm -hmm. um, the video was telling my journey into activism. And I was saying that as early as Kenyatta University days back in 1987 to 1990, even my term papers um, yeah. were very specifically targeted at fighting the system. I remember writing one 
term paper, a critique of the Nyayo philosophy, uh, indicating mm -hmm. that it is actually not a philosophy, it's an ideology um, mm -hmm. of domination and, uh, uh, and, and so on. Um, of course, I never got that term paper back and uh, that got oh, my- was it, was it confiscated or- I, uh, <laughs> your guess <laughs> is as good as mine. I mean, the government spied on you those days uh, it spied on what you ate, it spied on what you said uh, and what you wrote and all of that. So you had a special branch attending classes those days. And um, even things like chapel, you were not sure who was listening to you and so on. Anyway, so tense times. And in the video, I also indicate that um, um, I got access to some of the best uh, social activism material that early, the publications of uh, Weekly Review by Hilary Ngueno and uh, uh, my favorite was Beyond, the magazine called Beyond that was put out by Bidan Bugwa. And uh, Bidan Bugwa uh, for me single-handedly catapulted me into the connection between uh, being a Christian and being an activist because mm -hmm. together with his friends, they put out, they put out a very steady, uh, powerful, but also biblical um, um, criticism. Um, I, would, I would call it more like uh, direction of, mm -hmm. uh, of, of the country uh, and where it was going. And um, their work, together with that of uh, Alexander Muge, the late Alexander Muge, and, uh, and Dingi Mwananzeki, and uh, uh, Okulu, and uh, you know, the Manasseh couriers and so on. Their work combined, I think, uh, contributed significantly to uh, the, the birth of uh, multipartyism in Kenya and the repealing particularly of section 2A of the then constitution 1992. You may actually not uh, believe it, but I was at the very first uh, multi-party rally um, with Akina Kenneth Matiba and um, was, was, it at, and was it at Kamkunji or at Uhuru Park? Kamkunji. Uh, so we went, I came from Thika and um, mm -hmm. I, I managed to, to, you know, listen to the speeches. I, I mm -hmm. remember Jaramogi, I remember Shikuku. It, wow. it was a fantastic moment. Of course, later on, most of that was scuttled because uh, opposition was not uh, wanted. But going like two years before that, um, in 1990, maybe you may remember there was the death of um, uh, Ouko, Robert Ouko, and um, we as students were very upset that such a good leader could uh, uh, be assassinated. You know, yeah. it triggered memories of the tomboy at death and the, the JM Kariuki yeah. disappear at death and so on. So, yeah. so this, this was bad. So as students, of course, we, we, we demonstrated, we rioted. Yes. And um, I can tell you that um, I, was, I was so involved. Um, and I remember the time section 2a was being repealed and so on i had yeah. a lot of conversations with my wife then called mercy uh, mm -hmm. who's going to be with the lord now but um 
um, she even diarized it. I was really amazed to recently read in her diary um, mm -hmm. because it captures exactly what I had told her that um, I really wanted to run for office at one point and become the MP for Madare. And she, I saw that, you know, she wrote, imagine today Ruben told me that uh, he's dreaming of uh, being MP for Madare, you know. Mm, and yeah. uh, and and I, I gave her the reason because I, I said, uh, um, I'm not happy with the, the squala that uh, they are living through. Um, th there's always something a human being can do. So that early, you know, early 90s, um, I was very engaged. And um, I was one of those uh, that eventually when uh, Kibaki was cleared to run, I was one of those that voted him, voted for him uh, yeah. and, and so on. And um, so fast forwarding a bit, um, um, Maybe, sorry, maybe I should also mention that um, uh, I began writing on different uh, subjects uh, of uh, social interest very, very, very early. I had um, that period between finishing form six and uh, going to university. Uh, those days we used to go to, to high school for six years. So that in between period, I, um, I went and uh, took some kind of uh, brief holiday away from home and uh, wrote a whole novel uh, that was called No Guilt, No Innocence. Um, mm -hmm. Basically just decrying the oppression of uh, people living with disability in society. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> maybe I should um, footnote here and say that I live with a visual disability myself. Yes. And so I was trying to come out and uh, give an insider's perspective on how society um, stereotypes and even uh, uh, pushes the person living with disability into an unreal world. And so I was trying to bring that world uh, uh, to the fore and, and then you know, challenge the, you know, the government in particular and uh, uh, asking the government to to do different, etc. Um, but what is amazing is uh, that uh, when I was uh, teaching at uh, Mary Hill High School and so on, that particular book disappeared. It was just a manuscript. Those days uh, you had to type on the typewriter uh, and not on the computer. So you, you couldn't quite recall, you, you just made that copy. Yeah. So I had my novel ready, uh, unfortunately, it just disappeared. And that uh, is the story of two other books I wrote. One was called Communism and the Christian Faith, mm. where I was trying to argue that uh, the communists stole from uh, the, the concepts of Christian uh, uh, socialism in the book of Acts, you yes. know, and, uh, and, and that, uh, you know, communism goes too far by misinterpreting what uh, the early church was, uh, 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 setting out to do. Uh, but even that disappeared it, alongside one other uh, uh, collection of essays, um, you know, called uh, Reflections that, yeah. uh, you know, focused on change, it focused on politics, focused on science, focused on 
technology, focus, you know, just different subjects from a Christian perspective. Uh, mm -hmm. I never left my faith behind because I think uh, the Bible has um, uh, the best uh, worldview, the best lenses in uh, looking at the world. Um, and so I take my faith with me everywhere I go, uh, including when I'm sleeping. So mm -hmm. uh, it is, it is uh, a long journey of writing and speaking and giving talks and so on. So, so much so that um, when I uh, finally uh, resigned from uh, teaching back in 1994, I went into uh, an apologetics ministry for a while. And uh, that brought me into dialogue with people of other faiths and so on and so forth. Those without or who claim to have no faith, etc. So uh, my life has been full of activism, but the, the, um, the latter part of my life, let's say the last uh, 20 years or so, uh, yeah. have seen a lot more involvement. For example, I was very heavily involved with the uh, first constitutional um, discussions and uh, you know, sharing my views as a Christian on uh, the provisions of that constitution. I uh, led and uh, pushed very much uh, the no campaign in, in that uh, uh, first uh, draft. And uh, um, uh, I was also very involved in the second constitutional uh, dispensation of uh, 2008 to, uh, to 2010 that yeah. gave us the, the current constitution. And at that time I was voting no primarily on uh, provisional grounds, mm -hmm. you know, clauses that I, I felt, okay, logically, but also um, if you were to say intellectually, uh, they were not making sense. So mm -hmm. for example, I was arguing if you separate um, state and religion, then you cannot legislate religion. For example, what they were doing by giving um, uh, Islam. Uh, mm -hmm. a special mention in the Bill of Rights. Mm -hmm. So I was saying, if you're going to talk about provisions for uh, Islam and uh, legislating on uh, the Kathis courts and so on, th then you better do the Hindu courts and the Christian courts, if any, or uh, Christian arbitration and, mm -hmm. and all of that. Otherwise just leave religion out, Yeah. you know? So I had, uh, that stint, although that, that constitution itself was really a good document. And that is why even as I speak today, I'm a member of uh, one of the conveners of uh, the Linda Katiba movement with Martha okay. Karua and Daisy Mdani and uh, Jerotich Sei and Akinandi, David Lee, uh, uh, and Boniface Mwangi, etc. So <laughs> I want us to get to the Linda Katiba conversation, but mm -hmm. I uh, before we get there, because that's, I, you, there's been a lot. Um, we'll, I think that's a, a separate conversation on itself. So that is just that's the intro. Journey. Yes, that's just the intro. <laughs> that is oh, who I am. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm like, I, I'm sitting here and I feel very cheated, maybe because of my own, my own self, because I do not know about that activism side of you. And it's mm -hmm. only come out for me Mm -hmm. on after following the work of Linda Katiba after following your proclamation 
especially uh, against the MCSK and the, the MCSK is the Music Corporate Society of Kenya and the royalties that yes. they do not pay. And I, mm-hmm. I was very intrigued by your advocacy on and activism on that end. And mm-hmm. so I want that there's, there's so much that I, I want to ask and there's so many conversations that we can have, but mm-hmm. I, I want to speak about, I have to start this way because one of my life songs is mm-hmm. Endanasi. All right. One, it, it just speaks to my heart. Um, Thank you. It, it, and especially coming from, um, coming from Exodus and yes. that Exodus is a book about liberation. It's a book mm-hmm. about actual political liberation from slavery. Mm-hmm. I want to, I could ask about why you wrote the, that song, but uh, I don't want to do that for this conversation. I want mm-hmm. to ask you about how music and justice connects and if they do mm. and how especially gospel musicians in Kenya uh, in the yeah. country why aren't they writing um, justice music wow that is an excellent question uh, song and liberation you cannot actually separate the two uh, because music happens to be uh, uh, one of the most powerful expressions of both emotion and uh, conviction, uh, faith and um, aspiration. And so there is a way music catapults the spoken and the believed into uh, a space, some kind of space that uh, sort, sort of weaves all of that together and you end up with action. You cannot listen to a song and be indifferent, whether it's a good song or a bad song. And, 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 I, and good and bad can be defined in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, uh, if you are talking, especially the biblical portrait of liberation, yeah. you cannot run away from Exodus 15. Yeah. Um, the plagues have happened. God has miraculously uh, taken Israel through the Red Sea. Then Moses and the Israelites begin to sing a song. You know, I will sing to the Lord for he is uh, highly exalted. And you can hear Moses, the horse and its rider he has hurled uh, into the sea. Yeah, yeah. These are action, action words, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and uh, when, when Moses is singing, he's almost like deriding Pharaoh, uh, you know, and, uh, and lifting the Lord above Pharaoh. He says, the Lord is a warrior. <laughs> the Lord is his name. You, you can almost feel him. Uh, Pharaoh's chariots and his army, he has, you know, thrown into the sea yeah yeah and 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 he even describes and says the best of pharaoh's officers he has drowned in the red sea so there's action and you can almost see miriam picking up the tambourine and uh 
and leading the women in in style you know uh, if we had time i would have uh, uh, advanced my uh, hypothesis that moses was such a good musician mm-hmm. um and uh, and uh, uh, not only do you see uh, that in the psalms because there are certain psalms that are written by moses but mm-hmm. um i read the story of creation as a yeah. song yeah you know and it's victory over darkness it's uh, uh, victory over chaos it's mm-hmm. god bringing order in disorder you mm-hmm. know so um by the time um israel is uh, talking liberation music is perfect is a perfected art and you can see its origin in uh, in in genesis chapter 4 yeah but uh so you cannot separate uh, uh, faith, music, and liberation. So if you come to the, the Africans that were sold into slavery, uh, and it's amazing. Many times we, we, we put the blame on um, the Europeans that uh, took the slaves and paid the money. But we never talk about the chiefs that captured these mm. fellow brothers and sisters and sold them. So it's, 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 it's terrible. And mm. the only thing that can capture that suffering is song. And so the African-American, um, for sure, um, has had music as his companion you know her companion the african-american and music are inseparable you know nobody knows the trouble i've seen and you know we shall overcome by the time martin uh, luther king makes it that anthem it it is a way of rallying it's a it's a it's a way of forming a bond so you cannot separate music from activism and so when you look at um, even kenya's uh, first liberation no second liberation let's let's go to the first liberation when uh, kenya's first liberation happens the musicians are singing it out in the mm-hmm. building of the nation they rally together people to to sort of uh, pull together harambe harambe to imbe pamoja you know wengi walisema Eh, you know, yeah. and, um, and my best one is Kenya inchi, yangu Kenya inchi. <laughs> that, that song you know? used to wake, yeah. us, wake us up on Jamhuri Day. And yes, yes, day. yes. Um, and, and, then the, and, and this was being done by, uh, you know, like the police band, you know, that was very skilled, had very skilled musicians. Um, the, there was one particular one, um, that that was very very muchy la 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 you know and and the be, the best yeah kanya ganchia kokwanguvunara you know yes at is a money wali say masisi number 4 yes i remember that oh my so, I, so I, this patriot, i can tell as you're saying this as you're singing it i can smell chapatis in the background okay i can smell ugali myself so yes. <laughs> so, so so picture that kind of uh, uh, excitement in the first liberation then comes the second liberation 
And it's really about rebellion against the status quo. People are fed up with Moi and, um, you know, the, the, uh, there's so much ghetto power coming out in the Kalamashakas and, and so on. And finally, I don't know whether you remember this song, We Are Unbogable, you know. Yes, that is the <laughs> song. I am lifting my hands because it was the spirit song. It was the song of the season. Yes. Now, <laughs> now I mentioned that song for two reasons, Carol. One is that uh, that was a moment to remember because the chains were falling off. Yes. from uh, the, the tyranny of uh, President Moy's uh, regime. But mm -hmm. I mention it for a very sad reason. And I hope somebody can send this to uh, Raila and uh, Orengo in particular. And, you know, the traitors of the revolution, those who mm -hmm. are now um, mm -hmm. uh, hand in glove with rogue power, that yeah. these people who stood for justice who stood for freedom you know Raila being jailed you know yeah. Orengo being arrested because yeah. they believed in liberation mm -hmm. and we fight for this constitution we even get a good constitution then yeah. Raila and Orengo and Otiende Amolo just yeah. go to mutilate mm. the thing that we so hard fought for it is mm. annoying Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Raila kills the opposition because yeah. an opposition is useful for any government. An opposition puts a government in checks mm. and he kills it and then dines with power so that you have no opposition. And then yeah. this BBI nonsense, you know, where mm -hmm. you just amend like 14 chapters of a, a, a 10 year old constitution. Yeah. that you've not even fully implemented. That's why I'm so passionate about Nida Katiba, but you said we can talk about that later. But that yeah. is a, a betrayal, total betrayal of democracy. And, mm -hmm. um, and so this music brought us together. And mm -hmm. you can feel the pathos when uh, Eric Wainaina comes and sings Daimam Kenya. I mean, it's almost like your second nas national anthem. And proud you know to be a Kenyan. And you know, um, I was, I don't know if you listen uh, uh, to the thing, the airwaves by Esther. Yes. yes. He was yes. speaking about how yeah. he cannot be played. Eric Wainaina cannot be played in any um, government institution because of Nchia Kitukidogo. But you see, Eric was speaking truth to power. When yes. you speak truth to power, you are gagged. Eric is one of my heroes. Uh, musically speaking, he's very brilliant, yes. um, you know, but he is also a patriot. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm sad to say, I hope we don't celebrate Eric when he's gone. We, we need to celebrate him now. Yeah. So, so because he, he was able to package truth about corruption and rot mm. in an easy to consume, you know, capsule so that the ordinary person can, can, can hear. And he's not just saying, this is what is wrong. He even gives the resolution. And, and you know, albeit he does it with the caricature and all this humor, you know, <laughs> you know, 
That is brilliant. Yes. Absolutely brilliant. And mm -hmm. and if I had a Kigame award, one person I would certainly crown is Eric. Yes. Because not, not just because of the activism, he mm -hmm. is brilliant. He one is. of the most brilliant, brilliant musicians in Kenya. And so um the the point is that um I believe you can't separate music and activism. It mm -hmm. is here to stay. And yeah. I think even finally, when we conquer this world and enter our eternal rest, there is a celebration song, the, the song of the lamb. You know, yeah. uh, we were once colonized by the devil. Now we are free forever. You know, it's, it's, it's beautiful. So, so Papa Ruben, why? why all that you have, all the musicians that you have listed would not, um, we would not say are gospel musicians. Why aren't, why are our Kenyan gospel musicians not writing freedom songs? Um, I'm sure there are a few that are doing it and I'm one of them, but you are right in asking the question because there is a serious mistake the church has made uh, in um, uh, dichotomizing everyday living and faith so that we have put compartments to these two realms. We think that um, there is a secular, uh, you know, worldly department that we can go into and then there is a heavenly or Christian department that we can then go to for mm. certain things. Now, once you create that kind of dichotomy, then you will make the kind of mistake people are making when they address me on Twitter. A lot of Christians, yeah. when I speak truth to power, say, mm -hmm. Ruben, you have lost your faith. And at one time, you know, half happy, half, half angry, I just mm -hmm. wrote back and said, you know, if by speaking truth to power, I have lost my faith, yeah. then I probably never had it. Mm -hmm. yes. yeah. Because yeah. when I look at Christ, when I look at the gospel, it is integral. It is holistic. In fact, allow me if, if can, can I just pull out a scripture if you don't mind? Yes, please go yes. ahead. Yeah. So let, let me let me read for you my definition of the gospel and the one I subscribe to. And you'll be surprised, it's not in the New Testament. It's actually in the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. And interestingly, this is the passage Jesus pulls out in Luke chapter four when he attends the synagogue. Yes. from verse, uh, uh, you know, yeah, all the 14 to 18. This is the passage Jesus pulls out uh, when he's given a scroll to read. Mm -hmm. Now, the, 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 um, um, the, the culmination of Isaiah 61 in the Christ is amazing. So this is the definition I hold on to as, as a gospel. Isaiah 61 from verse one, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. I'm reading the NIV because yes. the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Yes. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Yes. Binding up the brokenhearted. 
That is gospel. Yeah. To proclaim freedom for the captives yeah. and release from darkness for, for the prisoners. Now, mm -hmm. people say that is spiritual and so on and so forth. Yeah. Until you go to prison. Yes. then you know there is need for physical release. Yes. The, the conditions, the apathy, the desperation, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and so there's no, there's no way, for example, Hebrews would tell us to, to, to remember the prisoners as if we were in prison with them yes. and then just reduce it to a spiritual thing, mm. you know. So yeah. it goes on to say to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of his vengeance, mm. the day of vengeance yeah. of our God. Mm -hmm. You know, God, God is a loving God, but he's also a, a God of justice. Yeah. And it goes on to say to comfort all who mourn mm -hmm. and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the mm -hmm. oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a mm -hmm. garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, right. a planting of the Lord <laughs> for the display of his splendor. You know, I look at that. Mm -hmm. my, my, uh, in the New Testament, the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles are my favorite books. Mm -hmm. Now in the Old Testament, yeah. I, I can say for sure, Genesis, Exodus, and Isaiah are my yeah. favorite books. Next mm -hmm. would be Nehemiah and Ezra. Ezra <laughs> and Nehemiah. You, you and know of what, course Esther. You know what's but, very interesting about that is part of, uh, of our activities as Musingis we do we study the Bible together. So we've finished wow. Exodus. We are now oh. doing Nehemiah. And we want to <laughs> we want to do want to do to do to read an Emmanuel Katongole book together first and then do wow. Isaiah. He's yeah. a good theologian, very good yeah. theologian, Katongole. Singi is a Swahili word meaning foundation. Our name and mandate comes from Psalms 89:14. We host engaging conversations on faith social justice and advocacy across all our social media platforms. We also offer training and consultancy services to help you navigate the world of social justice and faith. To engage with us, visit our website www.msingitrust.org, follow us on all our social media handles at Trust, or email us on info at now, uh, so 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 the point I, I needed to make is Isaiah is is a very fascinating read, um, and uh, when you get time, I think you know look at him. His first chapter is actually on social justice, you know, and uh, he reprimands all this religion that is without without works so that does not take care of widows and orphans and so on, and uh, God says He wants nothing to do with that. Yes. And so this is a God of all nations. He includes uh, Sudan in chapter 18 in the biblical uh, prophecy, Egypt in chapters 19 and 20. Uh, so, so, so the point I, I needed to make is Isaiah is, is a very fascinating read. Um, and uh, when you get time, I think, 
you know, look at him. His first chapter is actually on social justice, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, he reprimands all this religion that is without, without work, so that does not take care of widows and orphans and so on. And uh, God says he wants nothing to do with that. Yes. And so this is a God of all nations. He includes uh, Sudan in chapter 18 in the biblical uh, prophecy, Egypt in chapters 19 and 20, you know, Babylon and Assyria and the nations. He's a God of the nations. Just when the, the, the Christian thought um, the faith is only for, for a few isolated uh, Jews. No, yeah. it's a global faith. And, um, and so there is a way the Bible and activism always go together. And so those who dichotomize and um, then make something secular and another one, um, you know, sacred, make a major mistake. And that's why we don't have enough songs on activism in the church. We don't have enough songs on, uh, ro- you know, clean romance. We don't mm-hmm. have enough songs uh, on um, on HIV and AIDS and uh, uh, community health and uh, responsible values and so on because we think these things are secular. What a mm-hmm. mistake! Because then, when we need these uh, kind of songs, we end up running back to the world. Mm-hmm. So I have been criticized for writing songs like "Who Will Re- Help the Refugees." Uh, you know, I have a dream uh, for, for writing songs about Bosnia and Herzegovina or Sweet Bunyore mm-hmm. and uh, lovely Mombasa, you know, and, and it's like I'm going secular. No, I'm celebrating my father's world. Then this is my father's world. Uh, well, I, I think as the church, as sometimes I feel like uh, as as the church, we, we've fallen so far from what uh, scripture, what, the, what Jesus, what God has keeps telling us to do when he says, mm-hmm. plead, the case, uh, plead the case of the oppressed. And even mm-hmm. at the last, uh, in the New Testament, when we say, when, we say, when, when he asks us, uh, when we asked him, when did we see you in prison and never visited you? And yeah. then uh, the response is, when you didn't visit or when you, you did visit this, you are all doing it for me. Oh my, yes. So I, I, I really struggle with that dualism and that uh, dichotomizing that we do and that we have mastered. We have mastered it so well. Now I want you to, to I'll connect that I struggle with the with the percentage of Christians. Uh, I, I think the last statistic I saw from Pew Research was that we are 83.3% Christians in this country. But then when you look at um, at the statistics of corruption, when you look at the statistics of hunger, when you look at the statistics of violence, extrajudicial violence, when you look at the statistics of um, rape and gender-based violence, when you look at all those things, I wonder, what is the Kenyan social economic political status right now? And then 
bear in mind that 83.3% uh, mm-hmm. Christians in this nation. So if whatever we say is the Kenya economic and social political status, it then means that it's the Christians, majority Christians who are doing it. So what's wow, our statement? what a question. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's a great question, but I'll answer it through the back door by citing okay. some specific incidents and uh, experiences. <clears throat> um, first, I, I, I forget the author of the book, but there is a book called Lying with Statistics. Mm, and, uh, and, okay. and, and, and the thing is that, um, for example, if there is Carol and Ruben in a room and yeah. uh, there is a decision to be made, so yeah. you, you could um, very well say if we differ, then 50% agrees and 50% disagrees. Mm, yes. But you see, you would be reading that narrative maybe away from so many different variables. Mm-hmm. So statistics can lie. Yes. And I think that particular st- statistic lies a great deal because what is the variable? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, when you, well, there is a way in which the terrorist, for example, reads Christianity. Um, let's me give you the example of uh, if you, you have one of these rogue Muslims that comes and, you know, and I say rogue because not all Muslims are terrorists. So uh, comes to you and say, can you recite the Shahada or can you recite any of the creeds in Islam? And you can't. Then they say, if you can't, then you're an infidel, you are a Christian. So they will kill you on the basis that you are not able to do that. Yeah. You get what I mean? And that's the same way, um, you know, uh, someone like um, uh, Obama or, uh, or, uh, or, or uh, Bush was considered a Christian because mm-hmm. he's from America, which is not the Middle East. Mm-hmm. So, so America is, and, and uh, in some of the writings of like Salman Rushdie, you'll see that kind of discussion, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Salman Rushdie, you know, put out an article that I responded to once uh, on, uh, he was challenging America to pay the, to, to write off debts to owing nations and so on. And, and his article was titled, Do the Christian Thing. You mm. know? So, so you have that kind of discourse at that level. Yeah. But um, I will escalate that to a visit I had um, to the Middle East. I was in Abu Dhabi once and um, I met some friends. And um, in uh, talking about the state of the uh, Abu Dhabi nation and so on, um, they said, you know what? People here believe there's hardly any uh, stealing or burglary or theft. And primarily because they would say there are no Christians here. Mm-hmm. Now, what an indictment yeah. on our 82 percent. Yes. Because with 83 percent, you said, uh, according to the yes. peer research, yes. if 83 percent, then it would be saying that Christianity is synonymous with corruption, mm-hmm. with the pillaging of economy, with mm-hmm. impunity, with uh, you know, COVID millionaires, and so on. Because yeah. 
then only 17% would be exempted. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that is not good indictment. Mm-hmm. So, so that in and of itself is something we need to engage. Does, mm. you know, the statistic of uh, Christian presence thereby equal a value-based uh, society? Mm. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Uh, now, <clears throat> the other thing is this, that um, where we are at as uh, Kenyans now, um, if we go on the way we are going now, then we are not even any longer going to be talking about values or, uh, or uh, justice or equality uh, and so on. We are going to go into anarchy. Mm. Anarchy. Uh, I was reading a, a quote by G.K. Chesterton. Um, you know, those, those who break the big laws do, do not end up with anarchy. Mm. They end up with the small laws, yeah. according to him. Mm-hmm. What does yeah. that mean? You see, <laughs> uh, there, there is a way you can't live without a law. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if you're going to, to break uh, let's, like the um, you know, laws about respect for life, uh, the law about um, justice for all, equality, and all that, if you break those kinds of laws, yeah. the way now America is going, for example, mm-hmm. whereby, in fact, you no longer have law. You, you, you go to that middle stage of anarchy where anything goes. Mm-hmm. Now, in, within anarchy, you're going to have people who will come up with their own laws. Mm. And those are small laws. In fact, they're bestial. They're they are instinctive. You end up with somebody saying, I want, I want to kill you because I want to. Mm. You know, I want to take your property because you can't take me anywhere. I will disobey yeah. the law because I'm greater than you. Those are, mm. those are small, small laws. And small laws in the sense that um, they are more like in uh, George Orwell's uh, Animal Farm. Yeah. And you'll, you'll be arguing over two legs being better than four legs or four legs yeah. better than two legs and so on. That's the law of the jungle, in other yeah. words. So you settle for small laws. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where we are headed. Yeah. Uh, we, were, we were pretty much there in 1992, in 2007 to eight. We were there in 2017. Almost like every election, every five years, yeah. we end up with the law of the jungle mm. because we don't like the big laws. Now, mm. the Bible insists on the big laws. The Bible insists on, uh, on uh, freedom <clears throat> with responsibility. It insists on justice. The prophets are all about justice for yeah. all. And yeah. Amos and the rest would say, you can't just wake up one morning and sell the poor for a pair of sandals. Yes. It's, it's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. So, so John the Baptist would say, if you have two shirts, I mean, give, give out one. Yes. So when we stand up in the name of Christian justice and say um, it is immoral for you to have um, five homes mm. when, when uh, people are living in shanties, yeah. that it is wrong 
for you to take money that was meant for Adam in Kimwaror or Aror, and uh, it is wrong for you uh, to own you know, thousands of acres of land when people are squatters in your own country and you call yourself a leader. And we step out to speak such truth to power. And then it is Christians, not even non-Christians. It's Christians yes. who come and tell us, don't do that because now you're becoming secular. Don't do that. You are now interested in money. Now, as somebody would tweet this morning, Ruben, you're, you're losing your love for Jesus. Yeah, and, and this morning he told me that because I, I, I was uh, on a different TV show and mm -hmm. I made the statement that, um, you know, the problem, this was my, my this, these were my exact words. My mm. problem with, with prayer breakfasts is that we mm. have more breakfast than prayer. Oh, yes. So, um. and he thinks that is wrong. For me can, to say, can I tell you? Let me. T I, I always speak this about the prayer breakfast, and when we speak about prayer breakfast, I remember they, there was a prayer breakfast that was happening, and we mm -hmm. there was also a protest. We were protesting the yes, the, we were protesting the the Kenyatta National Hospital scandal. Do you mm -hmm. know? I was I was on the streets crying because I could mm -hmm. imagine. Imagine what would happen if all those religious leaders came out of state house and came yes. in solidarity with yes. us on the streets that are that are protesting for public health. They will probably even pray for justice and health in the prayer breakfast. Yes, but then they right across. Let's because we were at Uhuru Park. Let's then then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know how many kilometers, less than a kilometer away, we are protesting for public mm -hmm. health, yet you're yeah. in breakfast, really eating unhealthily as well. Yes, yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. But not making any policy. I was, I just, like in my heart, in my activist heart, in my Jesus prophetic heart, I was mm -hmm. hoping and praying that there would be a mass exodus from State House for solidarity at Uhuru Park. That is no, you I'm can't. Thinking. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> there, there is a, a Catholic priest that is uh, called Garth Hewitt. I receive his newsletters now, he's an old man. But he's, uh, I love him because he's a musician and an activist. And uh, he wrote a book once uh, that's called uh, Nero is Watching Video. Mm -hmm. um, and <clears throat> the, you know, that old narrative of he sets Rome on, on fire and then goes up to, to his palace to play the fiddle. Mm -hmm. Whether it's true or false is not the issue. Uh, when when the um, <clears throat> uh, doctors were striking last year, I made that video that went viral uh, mm -hmm. in solidarity with, the, with the, the doctors, with the striking doctors, and I was using that motif mm -hmm. to basically say, you know what, that is what it is. When mm -hmm. you, you get in power and you, you are the cause of people's problems, yeah. but then you celebrate as people suffer. So mm -hmm. it's a very interesting song. You know, Nero's watching video while Rome begins to burn. Nero's wearing roller skates so he can quickly turn. Get away from what he doesn't want to see or want to hear. 
And he says, mm-hmm. Nero's wearing headphones and they stretch from ear to ear. Nero's mm-hmm. got a private world for which the heart feyaneth, but Nero's watching video while Rome begins to burn. That's what wow. it is. Wow. So, so mm-hmm. and, and, and it's that Marie Antoinette thing, you know, let whether true or not. Uh, yeah, if they can't have bread, let them have cakes. Unhealthy uh, yeah. again, but uh, uh, the, the, the thing about Marie Antoinette that is historically proven is, um, you know, the masses are actually out to lynch her. They are, they're ready to depose uh, royalty. Mm-hmm. But, and, uh, you know, the officials smuggle her away. They, they, they want to, to, to ride her out of Paris into the neighboring country. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in a particular carriage, but mm-hmm. she is insisting on, you know, having a party and makeup and so on. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even know she's in danger. Yeah. And, and that is how far we, we've, um, we've gone. When Ryla was, uh, you know, squabbling over the carpet in his office. And, yeah. uh, and, and that is where we have come, where we, we are unfeeling of the common man. And that is perhaps for me, the, one of the biggest incentives for running for office, uh, Carol, because mm. not only do I believe in a God of justice, yeah. but I believe that justice denied or justice delayed mm-hmm. is an evil in and of yeah. itself. Yeah. And um, I don't have the money and I don't have, uh, you know, you know uh, the kind of support uh, that, that, that the big boys have. Yeah. But what is exciting for me is how my narrative of liberating Wanjiko is, mm. is catching fire. I was, I was talking to some border border guys about mm-hmm. um, my candidature and so on. And yeah. I was amazed to see they're all excited. I was talking to the chairman of the border border Association. He says, Ruben, if all you need to, to tell me is that you are not lying. Mm. If you are running then my 1.4 um, million members mm. will be behind you. Yeah. You know, so mm. I go to persons living with disabilities, the same thing. I, mm. I, I talk to students, the youth are frustrated. I mean, yeah. this government has been a government of scandal after scandal after scandal, right from the start. You yeah. know, beginning with the lying about giving laptops to our children to, you know, um, uh, all these um, debts and uh, uh, escalated costs and mm. and weird budgets. You know, you know, out of common sense, completely outside common sense. Mm-hmm. You raise, uh, you project as a country uh, something like one point six trillion. I mean, a country yeah. that can make one point six trillion shillings. Yeah. <laughs> that is a, a very well. Then out of the blues, Carol, you go and make a budget of 3.62 trillion. And I'm thinking, do you have a mind? Do you have a what's what's wrong with you? I think my 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 thought when that happens, like I think I, I made fun of this because sometimes you just make fun of it. I said I think the government has a secret stash of money somewhere that they don't tell us about because. How would you come up with such budgets without the money? Okay. Even with the money, who are you yeah. making the budget for? Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, God has blessed us yeah. to be able to raise what we can raise. Yeah. In Kibaki's government, the one reason Kibaki was very successful is mm -hmm. because he completely stopped the hemorrhage. Mm, yeah. Yes, he had his issues, mm -hmm. but Kibaki's development, and I guess being an, econ an economist was um, an advantage. Mm -hmm. Kibaki's leadership is probably the best leadership we've ever had in this country. Yeah, that's true. So I'm asking in all of this, we are, we've seen the status of the country, we've seen socially, I think we look at hospitals, we look at COVID millionaires, we look at all of this. And mm -hmm. I barely hear statements uh, from the NCCK. I barely hear statements about that are pro poor people because the statements that that come up yeah are, are, make me angry they really make me yes. angry and every, they should. They every should. time the nzck comes up with a statement the i remember the first one was that they it was pro bbi there was one mm -hmm. that was pro bbi there was one that was for forgive the people who stolen money give them a year there was mm -hmm. one it was all statements that just make you wonder where is our Nathan, Prophet Nathan? Where is our Prophet mm -hmm. Amos? Where is our Bishop Muge? Where is mm -hmm. in these spaces, where is um, our Dingimona and Zeki? Have we mm. lost that? Have we lost that as a church, as the Kenyan church? And yeah, uh -huh. and and what have we, because I feel that we have bagging, we have traded our prophetic voice for political positions and political mileage. Yeah, so, so, so first of all, I think you've captured it well. It is true the church is quiet. The prophetic voice has been sort of um, gagged or muzzled. And um, that is probably more with the optics because um, uh, if you if you're looking for that voice in those particular spaces, you will not hear it, um, mm, because yeah. a lot of the bishops, a lot of the pastors, are in bed with government. Yeah. And uh, one one of the uphill tasks, personally, I've had um, has been to uh, you know balance between um, speaking out against my my pastor friends and bishops who are doing this country wrong mm. by not only failing to uh, provide that prophetic voice, but then mm. issuing statements that, um, that seem to indicate they validate whatever it is government yeah. and or power is doing to the people, against the people, so to speak. Yeah. And, and um, it has broken my heart. One time I just, you know, went before God broken and saying, Lord, mm. is this how far we've sunk? Yeah. Because people I looked up to, people yeah. I, I knew could never compromise mm. are receiving big sums of money, you know, mm. in the names of offerings and so on. Mm. And some of the sources of that money mm. are clear yeah. corruption, yeah. 
I you remember know, that press conference. I, I remember that press conference you're talking about and how mm -hmm. we were told that we can't when money comes to the church you can't tell the difference between yes received money that was a <laughs> statement of convenience because you yes. can I yeah. mean you know who who gives and nothing prevents you from Sorry, we've we've lost you. So much money at a go. Sorry, Are you saying uh, as a bishop? Uh uh Papa, did you look yeah. lost you? Uh please uh I would like you to 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 come back to the place where we were talking about the the statement, the that was yeah. the evangelical alliance uh of Kenya statement about not knowing where. Where yeah, so I'm just saying that um, it is possible to know the sources of money. And some of the pastors and bishops are very meticulous in mm -hmm. giving M-Pesa numbers and so on. Um, so you can trace money. When somebody brings a big bundle of money in, into the offering basket, you know who has brought it. In yeah. fact, you will know it so easily if, and it's easier when you have, you know, either bank transfers or, uh, or these uh, huge M-Pesa deposits. I mean, the message is there to the time when it was given. So yeah. nobody can argue that you can't know the source. That is really uh, a straw man's argument to justify fraud within the church. And yeah. so, uh, so my point though, is that, um, we have lost that voice if you're looking at the general optics where you yeah. know where you're looking for uh, those prophetic voices in mainstream spaces now yeah. there's some of us and we maybe we're not that many but uh, mm -hmm. we've been consistent from uh, you know back when uh, um, not just with uh, things going wrong with uh, uh, corruption and so on but even when we have had heresy, uh, uh, you know, propagated and people fleecing congregants and so on, we've spoken out. Now, of course, the media will drown that out because you don't want to jeopardize uh, incomes. Yeah. And the, you know, some of the uh, bishops and churches uh, and pastors have actually denied us space to minister because. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we are labeled controversial and problem makers and all of that. Yeah. But that won't stop us. Thank God for social media. Thank God for, uh, you know, the, 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 the tired citizen. Thank God for, uh, you know, some of the spaces like uh, you're giving me uh, right, right now on this podcast. Because mm -hmm. then we can be able to have these lone voices going out. I'm not yeah. the only one, I'm sure. But mm -hmm. uh, there are not that many. Yeah. Because there's a price to it. There's a price to speaking truth to power. There is. And um, and the price sometimes I feel is is your life. It is, it is a matter of life and death. And yes, you I, have to count the cost. I mean, yeah. I can't tell you enough of how many times I go to bed wondering mm. if I'll see you the next morning because mm -hmm. of what I wrote or said. Yeah. Um, of an interview I took and, and you know sometimes I'm traveling and uh, I'm always aware that as a, as a blind uh, you know activist I am I'm very porous I'm very susceptible mm -hmm. um, but you know that also takes me to the question what kind of God do I believe in 
you know, yeah. that same God who gives me that message is big enough to protect me. And he has protected me all this time. When it's yeah. time to go, I'll go. I mean, I will have played my part. Yeah. And, and so um, how this conversation, when I look at activists who are ready to, to lose their lives, and then I look at Christians who, who the Bible gives us an explicit, uh, says that if those who are, if you're not ready to lose your life, you will. Uh, that statement is, is running away from me. But there's the promise, there's the promise of eternal life. So for Whoever us, loves his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake will gain it. Is that what you're looking for? Yes, that's what I'm gaining, uh, I'm okay. looking for. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. but also there's that explicit promise by God that this current life is not the end. Yes. And so if we are so concerned at protecting our life now, then that means we really do not believe in the promises that God has given us as Christians. The irony of uh, those of us that are in activism, Carol, is that um, we are so ready to lose our lives so that others can gain their lives. And uh, I guess by way of uh, symbolism, that is exactly what Jesus did. Yeah. Uh, on the cross, he was willing to lay down his life mm -hmm. so that all of us can be can be saved, can be rescued from eternal damnation. Yeah, uh, such very heartfelt conversations. And uh, I want us to now go into the second part uh, of this conversation around um, where you see this country a hundred years from now and in that, we can't not talk about uh, Linda Katiba. What is Linda Katiba and why are you involved in it? So I was invited to be part of Linda Katiba uh, initiative last year um, because the, um, the building bridges initiative uh, bill that was presented last year uh, was in total violation of the constitution. And I joined the, the team as one of their spokespeople, primarily because I believed in what their mission was. And that is to speak and um, become active in challenging the mutilation of the 2010 constitution. Now, what BBI has done is got the discourse to where the president was actually saying we have a constitutional moment, almost like a constitutional crisis, which is a lie because this is a crisis that they, that is he and um, Raila created. Yeah. Now, the, we were not talking constitution, so they introduced this to us. So that is one because we were okay and we have many problems. One of uh, my rallying points for opposing BBI has been that we have bigger problems that need attention. People have lost their jobs. There's the global pandemic and whatever, whether pandemic or pandemic. <clears throat> you have all these and people have lost jobs. We have like 2.5 jobless people uh, in, in the last 
one and a half years or so. Yeah. And, and these are just the, the shadow statistics. But yeah. the point is, why would a government spend 12 or 18 billion yeah. on a process that is really about just discourse on a better Kenya? Then yeah. a lot of what is being uh, proposed uh, for yeah. um, uh, fixing this country are mm -hmm. things that don't have to go to a referendum at all. Yeah. You know, something like uh, taking more money to the counties. That is not a discourse a reasonable, you know, patriotic citizen can bring to the people because it's a lie. Parliament yeah. can allot that money anytime. Yes. And um, even once, like the courts brought out in their judgment, and this is something we have always been saying, the yeah. process of, uh, uh, you know, mutilating uh, the constitution, it's, it's really a mutilation. That entire process is wrong. It is, it, is, it is completely unconstitutional because yeah. there are only two ways of uh, bringing about uh, the kind of initiative that can lead us to that kind of referendum, either the parliamentary and mm. or the um, popular initiative, uh, yes. articles 256 and 257 of the constitution. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at uh, uh, Uhuru Kenyatta, and Raila deciding, you know what, um, we are going to have a constitutional change. In fact, what he calls the constitutional moment now. Yeah. Now, he, both of them are part of the executive, part of government. I mean, for all oh, practical sure. purposes. Yeah, like, Raila is really not, but now he is. No, I mean, uh -huh. he's, he's incorporated in the handshake. Yes, he's helping yeah. the government to implement the government agenda. Yeah. So, so okay, even if we were to leave Raila out, so Uhuru, Uhuru is actually the executive. Yes. So you start a process as the executive, which is nowhere. The executive cannot start that process yeah. in the constitution. Mm -hmm. Then you ostensibly imply that it is a citizen-driven initiative. Yeah. It is not. In the end, you are the same person who is going to sign it into law. You start it and you sign it. And you publish all these bills and so on, you gazette. I mean, this is a government process. Yeah. It is not a people initiative. Mm -hmm. So they lie. And even as they go to appeal and all of that, I'm looking at them and I just remember the emperor's new clothes. Yeah. As a book. Yeah. So I joined the movement because one, it is wrong to lie to people. Two, it is unconstitutional to amend 14 chapters of a constitution that has not been fully implemented. Yeah. And uh, thirdly, it is wrong to prioritize a process like BBI at a time when the country is dying economically. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. you're spending money that you need to fix the economy, for example. Yeah. Fourthly, when you look at the provisions, you realize that the, the document will not unite, it will divide us more. In fact, already yeah. it has divided the country. Mm -hmm. And then you see, fifthly, that uh, um, quest for power. It's a lot of uh, positions. Uh, the government is going to be very expensive to run. And yet we are saying we have an economic challenge. Yeah. 
and you go on and on. There are many issues, but from the process, um, you know, uh, to to the propositions that are made in in the document, you mm -hmm. find that uh, it is it it is unbelievable. Anyone would be going that direction. And and so as uh, for Linda Katiba, we are saying um, protect the yeah. protect the constitution. Yes, um, we're not saying it's perfect, but protect yes. it from mutilation, protect yes. it from abuse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Be, the basic structure, when the courts were talking about the basic structure of a, of a document like that, of the constitution, mm -hmm. it's, it's that you, you cannot wake up one morning and just decide you're going to change the constitution. Yeah. Even the constitution itself protects itself from that kind of abuse. Mm -hmm. Yes. So as, as we are winding up, I want to give you this opportunity to one, um, share with people the, your vision for, for Kenya, where do you want, uh, where do you foresee Kenya in a hundred years? And then also um, a call to the church and also for activists. What do you want to say to the church and to activists who are listening? Wow, thank you so much, Carol. So first of all, I'm hoping that everyone listening will hear it from me maybe for the first time that actually next year I'll be running for president of the Republic of Kenya. And I need to qualify. So thank you. So I, I need to qualify and say, I don't have to. Mm. I don't have to, but I really must. Mm. And the reason is that, and you can take this to the bank if you like, if any of those on offer now take over power, you can read my lips. Kenya will plummet even further. We will go down even more because all of them that are on offer are part of our problem. Yeah. They are the ones who have brought us to this place that where we mm -hmm. are today. They, yeah. they are the ones who have made Kenya unbearable this yeah. corrupt, this, you know, full of impunity, without mm -hmm. health services, without a future for the youth and the women and the children and the persons living with disability. We, you know, they are the ones, they are the ones in power. They are the ones, name each of them. They have been in mm -hmm. government. Yeah. Now, if they have messed up the country and, you know, they offer themselves, the only thing you can expect is a mess. Mm -hmm. And then, a lot of them don't want to be accountable for their own personal lives and how they are part of our corruption network and uh, uh, all the impunity. They have stolen, most of them. They have, uh, uh, you know, escaped justice. They have made us fight. Some of them have mm -hmm. actually incited us and we have fought and killed each other. Mm -hmm. And then they want to take up power again and do what? So yeah. I'm standing because for the longest time I've been looking for that out of status quo person, mm. out of government person, the, the person that lives with the ordinary person, yeah. you know, who is not always in helicopters, who knows yeah. what it means to, to have to rush a child to hospital at night and not get services. I'm talking yeah. about that. I'm talking about somebody who has lacked school fees for their children, you know, who's, who's had to live hand to mouth. I'm talking about that kind of president who feels the people, 
who knows the people, who knows that it is wrong for a, a man uh, in Kibera to live in the same house with his wife and five children in the yeah. same single room. Yeah. Somebody who needs to know that is inhuman. Somebody mm. who, who feels guilty if a lady in Mombasa boils stones to yeah. serve the family. It mm -hmm. is immoral. I mean, I wouldn't, I would resign if I was the president and that issue was not dealt with. Mm. And in 2021, we are still talking about people in Pokot yeah. going into the bushes to look for berries to stay alive. Yeah. What kind of madness is this as farmers in Wasingishu, you know, basically stay with their maize because the government will not buy maize because it's importing maize. We have maize yet import maize. What nonsense is this? It gets to me when I think about, you know, the, 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 the pillaging of our economy mm. and yeah. Kenya being uh, made poorer by the day you, you, you get money from uh, Eurobond and IMF and Chinese money and nobody wants to be accountable. You know yeah. what I was saying? I wouldn't give it a hundred years. Mm. No, I don't think we can make it to 50 years if we go on this way. We'll kill wow. each other, we'll become mm -hmm. poorer and so on. So yeah. I want to step in, uh, Carol, and basically provide accountable, godly leadership that is focused on Wanjiku. And mm. anyone listening to me that can support me, this is where to put your money. This mm. is where to put your support. I mean, send me the resources like they did for Obama so that we can mm. get this campaign done without having to uh, lose a moment. I, yeah. I think the country is slowly realizing that I have a, a voice for the poor. Mm. And, uh, and I'm hoping that uh, we can make it to the ballot because uh, then the Kenyans can decide. But I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm liking what I'm hearing because mm -hmm. um, I think, uh, like I put it to somebody who asked me, but you don't have experience uh, mm -hmm. to run government. I said, if by experience you mean what has brought us to where we are, then I don't need that kind of experience yeah. because we, we need a fresh start. In fact, my agenda is really about resetting Kenya. Mm -hmm. It would be a bit harsh for me to say Safisha Kenya, but yeah. uh, I'm even talking more, I mean, I'm talking more about Rajesha Kenya. I, yeah. I want us to sort of push the factory settings back and, and see if, uh, and so I'll be launching my campaign this uh, around Madaraka Day um, mm -hmm. because I want it to be symbolic. I want it uh, to be like a pickup from where we actually stopped in 1963 because we got government we got leaders but we did not get independence we did not get the madaraka so yeah uh, i would want you know as many as possible to stand with me and pray for me and support me so mm -hmm. that i can make it to the end and um, you know what mm -hmm. if i lose I have lost before. I, I lost in 2013 because of similar things. My votes were stolen. And so mm -hmm. I wanted to be governor for Vihiga. But mm -hmm. so I, I, I have lost before. Losing is not really the big deal. But you don't go in with a, with a hope you lose. I'm going yeah. in believing that with God's blessings and with your support, I can actually make it. I, I, I am very honored that you, that our, one of the, uh, new peoples to, that you're sharing this with. But I also 
and I pray for you. I pray for your, Thank you. for your, for your campaign, for your, for this. And it is our campaign. It is Wanjiko's campaign. And so, thank you. Mm. I, I, I am behind you. I would. What is your call uh, for the church in the in the as we wind up on on advocacy on activism and their role in this country? So, so I have a lot to say, and, and but my that, battery is dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, it's and with that, dying. please put mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. parting short. Yes. Yeah. So, if I had one thing to say to the church today, it would be to ask that we return to the Lord's prayer. When mm-hmm. Jesus said, uh, you know, this is how you should pray. Actually, we should be saying it's the disciples' prayer because we are the ones to pray that way. He um, says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, my call to the church would be, we don't look at 2022 or 2027. We look at God's eternal purpose for us. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. am I here? And, and that is what drives me. That is what consumes me. I may mm-hmm. sing all the songs. I'll leave them behind. Yes, you can keep listening to, uh, to those songs. But if I was to use the faculties, the abilities, the, the education I have and so on to leave a mark, it would be to change the life of somebody and make them experience the kingdom of God where the wolf is able to lie down with a lamb, where mm-hmm. uh, a small child can can put the hand in the hole of a cobra where mm. the word of god is our standard because he will judge by the breath of his mouth where mm. Christ in us i actually want to be kenya's president so that we can have a bit of that millennium taste here where mm. what has uh, what people have just refused to do i want mm. to do my best with god's help to do and that's the reason why if you're listening to me as a Christian, I want you to support me. I want you to pray for me. Pray for my security. Pray for mm-hmm. uh, resources. And yeah. don't just pray. Give. Let's, yeah. you know, let's, let's make this a one-time memory. You know, yeah. anyway, I'm here only w- one time. Maybe it will take another how many years for you to have another Reuben like that. And, yeah. and I'm not saying I'm the best. No. And mm-hmm. I said it before. If somebody else stood that... Uh, was this um, committed, I would support them, but there's none. So let's do it. Let's do it. And with God's help, let's uh, talk, uh, let's be back on this show with a different, Mm -hmm. uh, with a different story and say thus far the Lord has helped us. Amen. 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 And I'm very honored that you've taken your time and your, uh, to come and share with us. And I, I pray for you. I pray for your, Thank you. your success, your health, your security. And above all, I thank you. I thank you for your commitment to justice, to God and to this country. So Kwaherini from us, um, Singi Talks people, we'll catch you on the other side. And as always, as we always say, remember to do justice. If you've been inspired, challenged, and or enjoyed this conversation and would like to contribute to this and catch up with more of such, remember to follow us on social media at Msingi Trust, share this podcast with your friends and family, and also consider making a donation to support the production of this podcast. Donations can be made through PayPal, msingikenya at gmail.com, Patreon at msingikenya, or through M-Pesa. 
plus 254-792-176-030. Kwaherini and thank you for joining us.